and welcome to episode 119 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by Brett Colson and for the remainder of the football season, maybe even longer, hopefully for you guys out there. We are now being joined by Brad Allen on this podcast as well. You will recognize him from our sister site over at LegalSportsReport.com, but Brad is very, very sharp when it comes to NFL, and we are very glad to have him a part of the podcast as well. You can follow him on Twitter at Brad Allen NFL. You can follow Brett at Brett Colson. You can follow me at Matt Brown M2. Brad, right off the bat, thanks for being here, buddy, and we are looking forward to having a productive and hopefully profitable NFL season. Yeah, thanks for having, thanks for having me, Matt. I hope I can uh, live up to that introduction there. Oh, you will. You will definitely for sure. And Brett, uh, as we look here, I mean, this is this is the time. All of the content is there at the lines. We are uh, the nice little odds feed. And and if you're looking for a way to shop and compare prices easily, we've got that going as well. So much more prepared for this NFL season than we were for the last. If we're just being honest here on the podcast with our listeners, we're trying, man. There's just so much going on right now. NBA, NHL sports that shouldn't be going on, but they are because of the pandemic. So we're trying to get as much done as we can this week before the start of NFL season. But I I definitely feel more prepared this year than last year. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google, where you can find us. So go in, subscribe, rate, and review. Really do appreciate that. And at the Lines US, at PlayPix US are the main accounts over there on the Twitter machine if you want to follow us over there. You should also stick around on this podcast. We have a nice interview with Derek Stevens. Derek Stevens is the owner of the D here in Las Vegas, uh, Golden Gate here in Las Vegas. But more importantly, for you listening out there, he is the owner of Circa Sports. He is also the owner of what will soon be the largest sports book in the world over at Circo when it physically opens here in about two months in Las Vegas. So we talked to him about that. So stick around for that. We are going to get into Thursday night football as well to close things out here, but let's just kick things off with what's going on in the sports world here. Let's talk, start with the NBA. The heat closed out the bucks and honestly, guys, it was not even really a series at all. I mean, Brett, we talked about how as soon as the bubble reopened, we were not impressed with what we saw from this Bucks team. And we were kind of quickly to get off of them. I was I ran to the, the booth and got me a a Celtics Eastern Conference futures ticket, which I actually feel pretty good about at this point. But it did play out. Now, we should mention. Giannis did not play in, you know, a game and a half in that series. Uh, they did win one of the games that he the game that he actually left. But uh, this Bucks team, it seemed like the restart. It seemed like the break hurt them more than just about anybody out there. They just not, didn't look like the same squad once they got into the bubble over there. Yeah, there's that. And look, there were a lot of smart. We said this last week. There were a lot of smart NBA people out there who said all season Miami would be a tough matchup for Milwaukee. And here we are. Sure enough. The Bucks bounced quickly from the bubble. And now, plus 375 to win the NBA title. They were 300 to 1 in some <laughs> shops last summer. They went 39 and 43 last year. Uh, they became one of the trendier teams in the Eastern Conference after they got Jimmy Butler. They added Andre Iguodala. This is just a well-rounded squad with veteran leadership, experience, and some young talent, great outside shooting. I, they're tough. Um, I, did, I didn't see this happening, but there were people out there who kind of called this. Looking over at the Western Conference here, Brad, the Lakers take a 2-1 to lead on the Rockets here. Now, if you want to get down on the Lakers in that series, it's going to cost you 9-10 to win 100. The Rockets 
580 on the comeback here. This Rockets team has lived and died by the three-pointer all year long. They actually go out in game two and make 22 make 22 threes. It was the fourth most in a playoff game in history. They still lose that one, and they kept it close in the in game three, but. The Lakers were pulling away there at the end and get it done. Uh, you look at the the point prop for LeBron James in that game last uh, on on Tuesday night was set at twenty eight and a half. He has twenty nine in the first half. He hits his point prop in the first half in that game here, and the Lakers. Uh, it almost looks like they're trying to go ahead and just prove to people, hey, you want to count us out? You want to write us off here? But uh, we're still as good as as you thought we were heading into the season. Nah, I've got to be honest, I've, I've had my head absolutely buried in NFL and baseball for the last month or so. I've, I've not watched a single NBA game, so you're, you're going to have to go to Brett with that one. Yeah, no, it's, 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 uh, it really is to me. Brett, as we look at kind of like how this is going to close out, I mean, you know, the, 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 the Lakers to me seem like a team that's going to be really and truly uh, it's going to be a tough out, I think, for the Clippers. And, and I'm just assuming that the Clippers come out of the series there with the Nuggets. They are minus twenty five hundred if you want to bet them in that series. Um, but it, it I think that this Clippers Lakers showdown and what I'm assuming will be a Clippers Lakers showdown is going to be everything that we kind of imagined at the beginning, because the Clippers, too, when they are firing on all cylinders, it looks like they're also kind of unbeatable here. So we have these two teams that are, I guess, not necessarily the super team that we got in Golden State whenever we had the the big three over there. But, uh, you know, as close to a super team, I guess, as we're going to get and pretty, pretty, pretty uh, interesting how that will all play out in the matchups and how each team is going to try to battle the 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 other one defensively. Well, with the, the Lakers Clippers, it- the slugfest we expect it to be the de facto. I mean, it's the de facto NBA championship now with the Bucks out. Do we see value in the Eastern Conference? I mean, do the Lakers or Clippers see the? Is it going to be a letdown for them? Yeah. And and do we wait until after the the Western Conference Finals ends, where I feel like there might be some in like I feel like the line might be inflated. Like whoever wins that series, you might be able to get some value on the Eastern Conference. So it might happen last year with, with the Raptors. They just kind of snuck up on the the Warriors there. So I don't know. I I think maybe I I, I like the position you're in right now with the Celtics. I have a Raptors ticket, but I don't feel great about it because I don't think they're going to get there. But I think this does open up some opportunity maybe for the Eastern Conference uh, with the, the Clippers and Lakers going at it in the, in the Western Conference Finals. And that Celtics team can close out the Raptors. Maybe by the time you're even listening to this, yeah. depending on when this gets to your ears, uh, that could be closed out on Wednesday night. Boston minus 400 in that series. Raptors plus 300 in that series. Uh, Boston could have had this thing already closed out. It just uh, kind of let a couple of games slip away late there. But I do like the depth of the Boston team. Of course, I like the coaching that's going on there as well. And so uh, we will we will update that one, of course, next podcast for you guys because we'll know a little bit better how that has played out. Brett, over on the NHL side of things, real quick, uh, where do we sit with everything and how are we looking on these series prices? Dallas opened with a win against Vegas and then Vegas even the series on Tuesday night. So Vegas, uh, that series is now 1-1. Vegas now minus 250 for the series. Dallas plus 205. And then over in the Eastern Conference, Tampa Bay annihilated the Islanders in game one, <laughs> eight to two. My Islanders uh, futures ticket uh, took my equity took a bit of a hit after that one, but uh, still just one zero in the series. But Tampa minus five hundred to win 
that series now Islanders plus 375. Yeah, this uh, one of the ways I'm kind of been I've been looking at hockey and I tried to get it last night uh, in this uh, Vegas Dallas series. It just never presented itself as if and Brett, we've, we've kind of talked about this before. If you want to get in on live betting on hockey, I think maybe one of the better ways to kind of go when it, when you're looking to get a better price. I mean, Vegas's lines are always inflated because, the, you know, obviously all the hometown team here in Vegas, that's going to have some long reaching effects to the other parts of the country as well. And I was I was actually hoping Vegas would would be tied maybe like way late in the game or something. I would be able to get down on them at a much better price or maybe they even go down a, a goal early or something like that to where I'd get down on a better price. But that never presented itself. Um, but I do think it is a strategy moving forward. If you do like the Knights, if you do like uh, Tampa Bay, uh, maybe holding out instead of betting pregame and trying to get in live because, you know, there can be long stretches without goals in hockey. There, there could be a fluke goal early in a game or something like that. So maybe you can get a more beneficial price on the team that you were looking for because, I mean, some of these lines, especially on Vegas, are just, you know, if you want to bet at pregame, it's just it's way out of control. Yeah, definitely. There's been a lot of fluke stuff happening in the in the NHL playoffs so far. So I think what the important thing is just looking at the underlying numbers uh, to determine who really dominated the game, and uh, you might be able to find some value based on that. I mean, I I don't think the Stars really had any business winning that first game, so you could get a good price on Vegas in Game Two, especially for the series. I think they were still only like minus one fifty or minus 105 for the series. So yeah, that's, there's opportunity there. U.S. Open tennis. Um, Novak Djokovic defaulted after hitting a lineswoman with a ball and one of the more freak things that you will see in sports in a long time. He was not doing I mean, He was frustrated, but he was not angrily hitting the ball at anybody. He just kind of, you know, in frustration, flicked the ball backwards. It happened to go directly into a lineswoman's throat. And due to the rules, it is kind of no really gray area when it comes to that. So Novak Djokovic defaulted, which really opens up the men's side really, really big. You will be able to tell by these odds here. Medvedev is plus 160. Dominic Team is plus 220. And Alexander Zverev is at three to one. So you have three different guys who are, you know, now really, really kind of short odds here to take the thing down. Really blew that wide open considering Nadal and Federer were not involved in the tournament anyway. On the women's side of things, two favorites, uh, two big favorites left and the rest get get pretty long after that. Naomi Osaka at plus 130 to win the whole thing. And then Serena Williams at plus 275 to win it all. Those matches are going to be going on throughout the day, so we won't kind of break down those, but those are the futures odds if you do want to get involved over there at the U.S. Open Tennis. And then, uh, Brad, this is where I know you were getting involved here because we talked a little bit about this, but the Tour Championship, the 30-player field, Dustin Johnson does hold on with that 10-stroke lead that, well, 10-stroke lead over some people in the field, but uh, the minus 10 that he started the tournament with uh, does hold on and get it done. Um, Brad, we were talking a little bit last week about what kind of tickets we had heading into this thing and how, why we were betting the players that we were betting here. Did it turn out okay for you at all? Or, uh, or was, was the tour championship a loser for you? Um, I think I might have said to you the words, anyone but DJ. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I was, I was quite heavy on John Rahm, you know, I've, I've been rated as the best player in the world based on striking numbers over the last six months or so. 
Um, so I did not hit any outrights there. Um, did all right in the matchups, fading Mark Leishman, who I think he might have had a back injury if you look at his, his off the tee numbers and ball speed and stuff. Um, so picked up a, a little bit of a loss there, but overall uh, a losing week for me. Yeah, it was uh, not the greatest week for, for me either. Brett is going to laugh here. I mean, I've bet Xander Shoffley. I'm not kidding. I've bet Xander Shoffley every friggin' week. Like, just, it seems like in every tournament, and I don't this week. And, of course, he's the guy that wins the 72 hole. And I win no money on Xander Shoffley finally winning something. And so that was just pretty fitting when it comes down to it. Yeah, I faded DJ as well. I had, uh, if, if you guys were listening to the pod last week, I had a bunch of Justin Thomas who was right there and just wasn't able to get it done. And um, so n- not a great week for me. I did win a lot of the head to heads, but it wasn't, uh, I didn't have uh, as much volume, obviously, in a 30 player field as I typically would. So uh, not the greatest of weeks for me on the tour championship, Brad. And I, I don't guess, uh, I don't guess you turned a profit much either, huh? No. <laughs> I, I, I was all in on web what happened to yeah. web <laughs> well, <laughs> like, yeah i guess a good thing about him is he didn't he didn't provide a sweat for any of the three of us in that one because uh he let us know real quick that he was not in it to win it so i like he he just uh what did he go, went five over i think in the first eight holes or something yeah, like right, right out yeah. of the gate so at least he at least he didn't give us a sweat so we didn't have to sit there and worry whether he was going to do well or not but um let's take a look here quickly just to kind of take a look at where we are in the u.s open it's going to be at winged foot here in two weeks over in new york if you do if you do want to get in early on any of these it's not a shocker dustin johnson coming in at nine to one as the favorite and john rom right behind him at 11 to one i guess the only interesting thing here to me uh brad i know you hadn't had a chance to dig in i have not either and neither has brett just uh just kind of eyeballing these opening odds here at DraftKings on this one Bryson DeChambeau is still up at 14 to one, which puts him right in the same neighborhood as Brooks Kepka, Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas. When it comes to uh, favorites in this field, Bryson has looked all sorts, all kinds of out of sorts here over the last several weeks. We were kind of wondering, Brett and I were speculating how, you know, if this new swing, if this new approach was going to be translatable to every course, was going to be repeatable every week. And I'm not going to say that that's the case, that it's not. But Bryson certainly has not played his best golf over the last month and a half here. But we still find him at, at 14 to 1 odds, which is kind of kind of shocking to me. Yeah, I think that they're, they're based on those outright odds, there might be some pretty good value in matchups betting against him. Um, because al- although he's got the length, if this is going to be a, a classic US Open test with thick rough and you've got to hit fairways, he, he's not hitting fairways. And then he's, he's, his approach game is is not even, it's about average on tour. It's, it's nowhere near the elite. So if we can get him up against, you know, even as a slight dog against someone like John Rahm, who's, who's just striking the ball beautifully, um, yeah, then, kind of yeah, I'd, I'd be all over that. Yeah, we've kind of talked about that as Bryson's the guy you just you bet outright and bet against him in matchups just yeah. for that reason. Yeah, and same for DJ as well. I mean, if I, if I can get Rom Rom over DJ, uh, you know, even even last week, I think Rom was going off as as a slight favorite over DJ with um, with the two shot deficit, which kind of tells you how the matchup, how the market breaks those two at the minute. Yeah, I love the fade on DeChambeau, and that's probably going to be one of my biggest strategies heading into this one in the head to heads. Is- shopping every single book that'll let me bet against him 
and I will do that. Um, it's just when I when I take a look at how his game is going right now, I was wondering if this new style was going to be repeatable week after week after week. And so far, it has proven that maybe he does have a, a little bit of a struggle in front of him as far as repeating this on a weekly basis. And, you know, with all of that, I, I'm i probably going to be the guy that is going against him in, in this one. But we'll have a full breakdown next week over at Wingfoot. And yeah, that course looks like it is going to be an absolute beast. As we mentioned at the top of the show, guys, we were able to get a few minutes with Derek Stevens. He owns and operates what will be the newest, uh, uh, actually the first new build in downtown Las Vegas in several decades. And so Circa will be opening here in a couple of months. We talked to him about that, about the football contest that they've got going on over there and a whole bunch more. Here is Derek Stevens. Now join us here on the Lions podcast, a very, very special guest in Derek Stevens. He's the owner of the D, the Golden Gate, Circa Sports, and the soon-to-open Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas at Derek J. Stevens on Twitter if you want to follow him there. Derek, thanks for taking the time, man. I know this is a very busy time of year for you right now with all that you've got going on. Yeah, no, uh, glad to be with you guys. So let's start off here. This is a sports betting podcast. So let's start off with the two contests that you guys have going before we get into the big opening happening here in about two months. But uh, let's kick things off here with with the contest. And, you know, to give people a little background, I mean, you came out of the gate here last year with a, a big guarantee with a new contest in the in the market and then up the ante this year. Of course, COVID or some uh, some hurt and travel here in Las Vegas and certainly is is leading to what looks like some some overlay in the contest here. I imagine you're not too worried about it or you wouldn't have slapped such a big guarantee on it, but uh, I'll hear from you on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last year, you know, was our inaugural season in, uh, in football contest, so we started the Circus Sports Millions, and we guaranteed a million five. And, uh, you know, up to the last couple of days, we had an overlay, and then we had a little surge on the last couple of days. We ended up with a little over 1,800 uh, uh, entrants. So we, uh, we were doing it, no rake. Um, you know, every uh, dollar that went above the million five went back into, uh, you know, we, we, we pay out not just the overall, but the four quarters um, of, uh, of the season. All went back in and uh, worked out well. So, Myself, uh, Mike Paul, Man Mekin, our team, we got together in January, said, hey, let's uh, let's bump it a little bit this year. Let's do a $3 million guarantee. And we all loved that idea. And then uh, four weeks later, pandemic hit, and we thought, oh, no, we're not looking that smart right now. So so what ends up happening is um, this year, in the Circus Sports Millions 2, we are, we are guaranteeing $3 million. Two millions on the overall, and and we're we're guaranteeing a quarter million each of the four quarters. So that's that's how the three million gets split. Um, on the uh, it's a thousand bucks to enter, and uh, we're paying out the top fifty in the in the overall, and uh, we're also adding a little bonus uh, for anybody that puts in uh, all their picks every week in the season. Whoever finishes dead last, uh, we're giving them a hundred thousand dollar booty prize. And I, I always it. thought that you know some days some. Some years, you know, you just you just on the wrong side of the the wrong side of the game. So, I mean, it's equally as hard. It's equally as hard to go thirty and fifty. 
to go 55 and 30. So we're going to have a little bonus on the movie prize there. So that's the, that's what we're doing for the millions. Um, you know, right now we, uh, we, uh, we've got a big overlay. Uh, we're guaranteeing 3 million. We've got a little over 1800 in, uh, entrance. So, uh, right now we're still sitting on over a million dollar overlay right now for the, for the, Derek, Matt and I both worked in the poker industry for many years. We've both seen poker rooms welch on guaranteed prize pools if there was an un- unforeseen circumstance or even if it looked like the guarantee wasn't going to be met. So I commend you and the team for sticking to this even during some of the most unforeseen circumstances here in 2020. How close do you think you'll get to the guarantee? Is that something you're not really thinking about? Is there a number you guys have in mind? Well, I think, you know, on the millions, I think it's it's highly unlikely. I mean, it really comes down to Thursday and Friday. You know, we, we're just coming off a of Labor Day weekend. It was a very busy weekend in Las Vegas. Uh, this Thursday, Friday, got a lot of people coming in for opening weekend in the NFL. So it really comes down to what type of uh, what type of uh, uh, customers coming in and how many entries they want to get into. Um, I, do I think we're going to get to the $3 million? Um, I would tell you no, I don't think so. Um, I think the overlay is going to be there and uh and um you know just physically just in, in our sports books like jeff metcalf uh he's in charge of all of our like front of house operations i mean to try to sign up 250 people in a day um you start running into physical limitations you know where it's just not even <laughs> possible so i think the overlay is going to stick around for the millions um our second contest and it's the first year we're doing this it's called the circus survivor um, this is where, you know, it's a, it's a survive, survivor contest. We have a, a little bit of a nuance that it's an 18-week season because we're treating Thanksgiving Day as its own week. So it's 18 weeks. It's uh, it's $1,000 to enter, and it pays off a million. We're guaranteeing the million. We're at uh, like 770 uh, entrants so far. Um, if we get to uh, a, a thousand, I think we might have a chance. Uh, but uh, I, I would say, yeah, it's fifty-fifty. Either there's going to be an overlay, or if it goes the other way, it's just going to mean that the uh, winner gets paid uh, more than the million. Because again, no rake. We're putting it all back into the pot. So we know you guys are in uh, opening up circus sports in other states. Will these contests also follow? We understand that this year being a very unique circumstance, but assuming that by the time we roll around to football season in 2021, that hopefully this pandemic will be behind us and we will be back to quote unquote normal. Uh, do you expect the contest to follow you guys to, to the new states that you head to? Well, you know, uh, you know, we're we're open now in Colorado, and uh, uh, you know, a year from now, maybe we'll be open in another state or two. You don't know at this point. We'd certainly like to be. Um, I would tell you that uh, I I think that the the only truthful answer I can give you is that it depends. Uh, rules are changing, regulations are changing, states are changing their regs pretty quickly. So um, at, at this point, I would say it's still going to be based out of our our uh, our Las Vegas operations, but. But, um, you know, things could change, and and, um, and we just have to adapt. You mentioned other states. Do you, I mean, what plans do you have the most right now? Where are you trying to expand outside of Nevada and Colorado right now? Yeah, you know, we, there, there's there's a there's a lot of reasons to take a look at some states, and and uh, obviously some of it has to do with uh, you know the the size of the market and size of the state and such, but also really it's the regulatory environment. I mean, what's the tax rate? What's the uh, what's the initial fee? Um, you know, I would say uh, New Jersey uh, New Jersey uh, is 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 a state that I think has. Uh, 
has some potential. Um, obviously, it's become a huge market, and um, and the regulatory environment is becoming more refined. So I think that's great. I think, uh, you know, let me let me go to the other end of the spectrum. Um, you know, I think Illinois struggled out, out of the gate. Um, I think they've kind of hurt the Illinois really kind of hurt themselves a little bit, which is a shame because there's so many great players in Chicago. Uh, but you know things keep changing. I mean, look at this: five dimes is out in a week, and uh, and and uh, you know states are uh, states are all evolving. So I, I would say New Jersey, some an area that we're certainly interested in, a uh, state that we're interested in, uh, as well as the state of Michigan, um, Illinois. Uh, it would really depend upon them uh, changing the regulatory environment for us to uh, move forward there. Derek, what are you guys trying to do differently to set the Circus Sports brand apart from the other various brands? And and even as you expand across the country in these other markets, I know here in Nevada, one of the first things you guys did was, uh, you know, said, hey, we're going to we're going to try to be the ones to set the college football lines each week. And you did that. And I think there were some some lessons learned along the way. But I commend everything that you guys did over there as far as being the first ones to market on those numbers. And, and sometimes sometimes taking a, a beating on it but it was it was something that was we haven't seen here in Vegas in quite some time is there any other is there anything else that you guys are really kind of focusing on to show hey Circus Sports is a, a major player in this and we're going to show you by doing X Y or Z yeah you know early on we always uh, we always said we wanted to focus in on futures and uh, and some of the futures pool so like if you look on a, on a given on a given day um, you might have uh, you might have a golf tournament if you compare our numbers to uh, you know other shops I would bet you're gonna find 75 percent of the uh, of the entrance um, will will pay out a little bit better at circus sports I think um, you'll see that as well when it comes to uh, futures pools for uh, Super Bowl or World Series, stuff like that. So we, we really try to focus in on futures. Um, I'm a big futures fan, and I think there's a lot of value that could be created in futures. So I think uh, that's one area that we really try to stand out. And then I think the other thing is that uh, you know we're really not trying to back off. Matt Metcalf and crew, they're, they're not trying to back off on taking a good-sized wager. Um you know, you take you talk about uh, us setting the college football line for the for the world last year. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, you have an opportunity. You have, you have some of the real sharp guys like in college football. I'll just rattle off one name like Paul Stone. You know, if Paul Stone comes in. Yeah, I mean he uh, he he, uh, he gives it to us pretty good. But but in the same way, we learn a lot from him. So we're we're really uh, focused on price discovery. We're really focused on markets, and we're willing to uh, you know take take some larger DNM sharp bets uh to help set that market quickly yeah and that aggressiveness at, at circa certainly got a lot, of, a lot of attention last year in in vegas uh what can we expect for nfl are you guys going to surprise us with anything new nfl season outside of the survivor pool and uh any changes coming with the circa app yeah well i think you know we um we're uh we're really focused this year on uh, on getting the world's largest sports book up and running. You know, we open October 28th at, at Circa Las Vegas at our, at our resort, and uh, you know, it'll be a three story sports book, world's biggest sports book, and uh, and I think we're going to have a lot of uh, a lot of opportunities for people that that utilize uh, the Circa Sports app and uh, and kind of part of our uh, customer family. Uh, you know, when you look at uh, if you go to the website. Uh, you can uh, take a look at uh, take a look at the sports book. I mean, you could rent you could rent your own seats, you could rent your own tables, booths, things like that for uh, particular games that you're looking for. And we're really focusing on that, and then and then we're focusing um, at the resort 
uh, the new venue um, that we're calling Stadium Swim, where, uh, you know, it's going to be great for betting on the app. And uh, it's a 143-foot screen outside, six pools, two jacuzzis. And uh, we really want to get people uh, excited about being able to utilize their app while, uh, while they're outside and, and enjoying some of the great sun of uh, Las Vegas. So, Derek, you actually led right into where we wanted to go with this and, and the opening of Circa downtown here in Vegas. I mean, the first new build in downtown in forever. I know you're super proud of that. I mean, it is a beautiful building. I've been down there a, a couple of different times already to see it kind of start to take shape and everything. I can't wait until the end of October for it to go. But, you know, when you, when you take a look at all this and you're open in October the 28th, how 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 important was it to you to have the biggest sports book in the world? I knew you wanted to do it big. I knew you were going to never, you weren't going to cut any corners whatsoever. But as you got going, was that kind of a goal where you kind of like, you know what, if we're going to do this, let's go ahead and just make this damn thing the biggest one in the world. Yeah, you know, we, uh, we always, uh, you know, thought about, thought about that. And, you know, when we were going through design and, and such, that was more like in 2017, you know, I, I really had to revert back to those wild moments. You know, when I was a kid coming through, first time walking into Caesars Palace Sportsbook, and you have that wow. And then, you know, you walk in at, at that point, the Las Vegas Open, you got to see the Superbook. I always thought that those were those are memories that are, you know, they're etched in my memory. And, and I know they're etched in many people's memories the first time you go in. So we really wanted to create Circa Las Vegas um, in a manner where, when you walked in, you had you had a lot of those moments that uh, you, you you can't wait to take a picture of, and then you can't wait to go go back home and tell your friends, hey, check this out, I was in this greatest place I ever seen, you know, so something like that. So that's that's really what we try to create in uh, in all different areas, from restaurants to the to our stadium swim pool concept, and then the world's biggest sports book. We wanted to give people, you know, those great moments um, that 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 really stood out. You know, 30 years ago, people a lot of people flew to Vegas just so they could gamble. But, but nowadays, you know, you can gamble, you know, really in, in any hometown, any, any hometown casino. So you have to do something that's bigger and better and, and more, uh, you know, more outstanding. And that's really what we're trying to do. Uh, giving people all these great experiences when they go into circle Las Vegas. All right. So give us the inside scoop. If I want to go out to Vegas with some buddies for an NFL Sunday, how do we do it right? in the new Circa sports book. I mean, what, what take us through what we should be looking to do uh, on an NFL Sunday morning. Yeah. You know what I would do is, if you go to the website, though, pretty, uh, I think the, the guys that did our website did a great job and, you know, it gives you a view of where you could be sitting. You know, if you got a group of just, if it's just two people or we have a group of 12, you can book a booth, a table, you get to your exact seat, you know, exact location. You can, you can book it based upon the time you want. You want to be there on Sunday morning and all day Sunday. I mean, you got it right there. And it's the same thing up at Stadium Swim. So I would say have a little bit of fun on the website, and then uh, you'll be able to figure out where you want to go from there. But if you set it up that way, you're going to have a great time when you come visit Las Vegas. I, I've seen the renderings of the Stadium Swim that you're talking about, and, and that actually opens the same day as the sports book, correct? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And yeah, we got this interactive site. So it gives you, it gives you a view of what you'd be looking at and everything like that. So I would say play around on the website. You'll get, uh, you get everything. We kind of set it up in the same way. If Like if you're going to a theater or you're going to a, you're going to a, a, a hockey arena, you know, where you can pick your seat and everything. So uh, that's kind of how we try to set it up. That's why we wanted to call it a stadium, stadium swim. 
All right, Derek, before we let you out of here, Brett and I are both higher than most on your Detroit Lions this season. What are you expecting out of the Lions? You know, I've been I've been uh, high on the Lions here really since the end of last year. I, I just thought that, you know, the way Stafford played and the way the Lions played, and then and then then we got hurt, and then all of a sudden the wheels fell off. But I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, of uh, of what they were doing last year before the injury, and I thought they had a heck of a good draft. I mean, uh, getting Akuda, and then uh, you know you, we got we got Swift in, at the running back. I I think Stafford could have. Uh, I mean, he's definitely a guy you'd have to think about as is 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 an MVP candidate. Oh. Uh, it could happen if he doesn't get hurt. Um, you know, I think Galladay's going to have a monster year, and I think here, here's the here's the here's the real big one. This tight end Hawkinson, Hawkinson's going to uh, going to really really become I think prolific this year. He could be a very dominant tight end. Um, I and I've seen it on a few fantasy boards. He's moving up, moving up pretty quickly compared to what uh, what some of the drafts I saw about a month ago. So I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, uh, I now I am a Lions fan, so these have been disappointed <laughs> before. But I, but I do really, but I do really like the Lions this year. We know you're famous for these uh, big futures bets. Is there going to be is there going to be a Lions ticket that we're going to be reading about here in a couple of days or what? Oh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, when it comes <laughs> to that stuff, I like I like trying to see where, where the value is. But right now, I think you know there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of the market that's that's shifted. You know we, you know at Circuit we run these alternate win totals. You know and you know we've got a we've got a seven, but we also have a six and an eight. And start looking at the Lions over six wins. I'm like I know it's a it's a, it's a favorite, but uh, but boy oh boy do I uh, do I think that 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 looks like a lock to me. Yeah, we are we are definitely thinking there's going to be a rally on this Lions team. We think they're live even for the division and and for the playoffs as well. We talked about that last week, so we're we're with you on that, Derek. Um, guys, again, uh, owner of the D Golden Gate, but Circa that is coming here at the end of October. You really do want to check that out. Head to the website, and as Derek said, I mean, you can sit there and you can scroll through. You can pick out various tables that you want in the actual sportsbook and then Stadium Swim as well. You can get a, a little cabana area if you want to and take in the games out there it looks fantastic i can't wait for it uh derek thanks for the time today man really appreciate it and really look forward to circa opening here in about two months hey guys thanks a lot great talking with you today see ya Great of Derek to take the time to talk to us here on the show. Guy is super, super busy, but uh made some time for us. And Brett, you know, at the end of the day, I, you know, we're, we are wondering how some of these books are going to be able to compete in the big markets out there. But you heard Derek say, it seems like anyway, as you know, as he was kind of explaining it, it does not look like they are going to just be in every single state for the sake of being in every single state. He said that they are definitely kind of weighing the markets or they're weighing the tax rates. They're weighing the licensing fees. They're laying all the, you know, weighing all those things before they get involved in various states. So it might not be where we look up and Circa is available in every single state where sports betting is going to be live. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that strategy works because you've got a lot of these books just slamming the market wherever they can get in they get in and uh, yeah so you've got you've got a circa uh, you know a book like circa just kind of sitting back and and weighing you know what what's good for us long term um so i think circa's done a lot of great things so far in the short time that we've you know we've seen them and so i i think i think this is this will be one of the players in the industry for for a while 
Brad, you study the industry as as much as anybody here. You have Circa come in. Their strategy last year was kind of like, okay, we're going to set the college football odds for the world. And they wanted to be the first to market with college football odds. And that was kind of their shtick. That was kind of their way to to make some some noise and make some ripples. But as we kind of look at making market penetration here and you've got DraftKings and you've got FanDuel and you've got FoxBet and you've got PointsBet and you've got BetMGM and all of them have committed to spending a massive, massive amount of money in all of these new markets and that's how they're going about customer acquisition. You know, is being just a good bookmaker going to be enough for for a Westgate, for a, a Circa, you know, who are coming in and does, don't have the multiple million dollars to to spend as far as customer acquisition goes. And so they're trying to go about it a different way, you know, be it, you know, the first to market for a certain type of lines or offering bigger bets on certain sides or offering bigger bets on props, whatever it might be. Do you think that you can win in these markets by just being a better bookmaker? Or do you think you really do need to be splashing around the tens of millions of dollars? Um, no, I think if you, if you do have a good enough product to attract recreation, casual betters, you can, you can make a go of it. But that, that really is key. Um, you know, unless the product they have is good enough and the marketing is good enough, and that they, ha- they, they need to attract recreational money to offset all, the, all these pro betters, right? Because, you know, this is what we've seen in Europe that, okay, great, you've come into the market, go look. We know that no one's taking pro money. So we're going to do that. We're going to be the book that does that. Okay. But, we also know that we also know about adverse selection, and if you're only taking pro money, however good you are odds making, you're still going to get picked off, and you still you're going to lose money, and you're going to go bust. And that's basically what we've seen in every regulated market when when a bookmaker has tried to try to go this route, is that they eventually just go bust because they're they're only laying pros, right? So. Uh, you know the likes of Pinnacle and Betcris, they they've got they've got other ways of making money, right? They can pass the bets on better themselves. They've got they've been around for twenty years, so they 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 know how to profile the customers correctly. They've got the liquidity to, to kind of make the model work. It's very tough to start that from scratch, which is obviously what Circa is doing. Um, so, <laughs> long story short, it is tough. Um, but the, the, you know they have invested in 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 their pricing models. I know they're, they're hiring. They've got a lot of smart traders. Um, and the US might be different, right? They're, people do bet bigger naturally. So, you know, if they are taking just bigger bets off, off the recreational customers, that could be enough to offset, offset the, uh, pros. Um, and yeah, I hope they can make it work because I think they're doing a lot of good things. Out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, we are certainly rooting like hell for them. I mean, cause at the end of the day, yeah, I think that, you know, one, I think competition's good too. I like the fact that they kind of gone out on a limb here and decided that, you know, we're, we're, we want to be different and this is how we're going to try to be different. And, um, you know, it, it is, it does differ from what we're seeing, Brett, basically in the market from the other books, right? I mean, we understand what the differentiator is from the big guys that are out there right now. And it's, they're trying to put out the bigger, the better bonuses, the bigger, the better promos, the, 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 the thing that attracts you, you know, uh, whatever it might be. Uh, we'll talk about one that's going on for, for Thursday night uh, a little bit later as well. So we know what their kind of strategy is. The strategy circa is like, you know, we don't have the money to do that in the first place. So, Hey, we're going to go about it this other way. And, uh, you know, hopefully there's room for everybody when it comes to all that. And hopefully that there is enough support for somebody doing that to where they're able to stick around. Yeah. Because they're 
there are parts of sports betting that people look for versus, I mean, there are differences in what people want. So yeah, more variation is better for everyone. And I think Circa is coming at it from a very different angle than the DraftKings and the Fandles. It is NFL season, guys, and we are heading into this hot. As of tomorrow night, as of Thursday night, there will be real NFL football. Before we hit Thursday night football, just some pretty big news here. And it's just interesting because we we follow these things a lot. We follow line movements and we follow, uh, you know, basically try to explain to you why things happen, why they happen, whatever. And so last night, apparently the last rep of practice for the Denver Broncos and Von Miller has an injury that is likely to keep him out for the season and Von Miller guys we're talking about a defensive player here what moves the line we've seen quarterbacks move the line running backs don't really move the line wide receivers not so much either sometimes we've seen centers move the line because they're kind of the quarterback of the offensive line you know how important offensive linemen are but by and large whenever we're looking at line movements it's typically always it's always around quarterbacks and Uh, While this didn't move through a key number or anything, the Titans-Broncos week one line, Brad, went from minus one Broncos to plus two, two and a half on the Broncos on Von Miller news, just to kind of give people an example of how important Von Miller is and how highly regarded he is viewed. Now, it didn't get to the key number three or anything like that and only moved through a zero, but we are still talking about a fairly significant line movement here from a defensive player. Yeah, I mean, he's the face of the franchise. He's he's the best defensive player. Um, And they don't have much behind him, essentially. Um, Obviously, on the other side, they had Bradley Chubb coming back from a, uh, I think it was torn ACL. So apparently he's on a pitch count as well. Um, So they they don't really have much rushing the passer, which obviously has been a strength uh, for the Broncos for many years now. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it, the move is probably just a source of research a while back, but um, def- defensive injury, I mean, if you think about it, defence is more of a um, it's more of a unit, right? If you've got one weak point, then the offence is going to attack that unit, um, attack that weak point. So, you know, I think they're probably going to have a bit of trouble on their hands uh, this weekend or Monday night, actually. Yeah, yeah. I when we when we break that one down, I, I definitely think that my viewpoint on that one has has changed pretty significantly. But Brett, let's get into this here, man. This is Thursday night football. If you want the breakdowns, if you want the previews, if you want to uh, odd shop, do that over at the lines. We have all of that available over there. It is the Houston Texans at the Kansas City Chiefs. Now this one opened at ten at DraftKings. It got all the way down to eight and a half. It is now settled. At nine as of this recording on Wednesday morning. So uh, nine is where we sit at DraftKings and BetMGM. It is juiced a little bit to the Chiefs at DraftKings. So if you want that nine, you're going to head over to BetMGM. If you want the Chiefs side on that one, if you do want the Texans side, head over to DraftKings because you're paying just a tiny bit, a penny less actually on the juice there. So uh, we're trying to save you money. We're going to tell you the best places to go get these things. It's sitting at nine and a half over there on FanDuel. Uh, Brett, I know that you looked at these things very early as soon as these lines hit basically across the entire industry. Uh, was 10 the highest you saw and was eight and a half the 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 biggest bottom out that you saw? 
I think I saw 11 at one shop early on. But yeah, the buddy, the betting market moved against the Chiefs early. Uh, the the double-digit opener was too high. It is an overreaction to the DeAndre Hopkins trade that not a single person believes was a win for the Texans. But, um, you know, it's it's normalized a bit. They added Randall Cobb. They added Brandon Cook. Still a lot of speed in this Texans offense. And they're they're still dangerous, even without Hopkins on the outside. Money line here on this one. The best place you're going to find the Chiefs, minus 420 over at DraftKings if you're looking to do that. If you're looking for the money line on the Texans, your best price is going to be plus 350. Over on BetMGM, the total in this thing is 54.5 at all three books. It did open at 55 at DraftKings, so we haven't seen much movement here on this total uh, Brad, as we head into this, uh, as we head into the season here, we kind of look at these two teams just on paper before we start breaking down the game in general. I mean, it's very hard to poke holes in this Chiefs team. I mean, they went out in the draft. They drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire to plug into the backfield there. They did draft a linebacker in Willie Gay in the second round. He's likely to be a kind of a backup situation, more of a rotation type guy for them there. There wasn't a ton of, of needs really on the Chiefs side and on the Texans side they didn't even have a first round pick because of all the trades they did take a defensive tackle in the second round they traded of course for Brandon Cooks for David Johnson they signed Randall Cobb they signed Eric Murray a safety who looks like he's going to start for them there but just kind of on paper when you started to break down and evaluate and do your research for this season and you looked at this Chiefs team did you find any weaknesses? Because if you did, please let me know, because I sure as hell could not. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a possible weakness for this game. In the, uh, their starting corner, Bashad Breland, obviously suspended for the first four games. Um, and just, you know, reading reading some speed reporter notes, um, they're saying Steve Spagnuolo still doesn't know who's actually going to play um, opposite Chavarius Ward. Um, they've got they've got a rookie. They've got a fifty year vet, veteran who's never really started, Antonio Hamilton. So, and obviously they've not had any preseason games to get ready for that. So, if there is one weakness that I can see, I mean, hey, we know we know the run defense wasn't very good last year. It was probably worst in the league by um, Football Outsiders DVOA. Um, and if they've got a weakness at at cornerback as well, I mean, suddenly you've just got a bad defense team. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's I I look at this um I look at this Texans team, Brett, and then you kind of start to look down this thing and look, I think that when you if you're if you're being honest with yourself, you're like, okay, that's a fine receiving core. I mean, Brandon Cooks is fine. Will Fuller is certainly fine. You're gonna put Randall Cop in the slot and he's, you know, fine, I guess. But you you don't really, I guess when you look at the depth chart here, at least on the offensive side of the ball for the Texans here, I don't think there's anything that really kind of gets your your motor running here. I mean, I, David Johnson could surprise us all. It, there might still be something left in the tank. The guy that, I mean, we're literally three years removed from kind of looking at this guy as one of the very best, if not the best backs in the league. And here we are three years later and people think he's completely washed. Uh, where do you stand kind of on this Texans offense in, in general? They still have Deshaun Watson, right? Like that. I mean, that they do. That's, they, do. they do. Yeah. And the, I, that guy is awesome. So, I mean, they surrounded him with speed guys. And like Brad said, this, this Chiefs defense does have some leaks in the secondary. The biggest thing for me, like what, who benefits from the lack of a preseason? Are we talking about the offense benefiting or the defense? Does it matter? I think, I think, I think the biggest thing for me is 
for the decent defensive side of the ball is a lack of contact and team drills and like defensive players haven't really had much opportunity to hit anybody. So tackling could be one of the areas we see teams behind the curve. And when you're facing a dynamic quarterback like Deshaun Watson with all this talent and speed, tackling is going to matter. So I could, I could see the Texans with, with Fuller and cooks getting some explosive plays because of, because of that. So I think they're going to be fine. Yeah, I mean, Houston's pass efficiency defense, as you guys kind of bring that up, last year in 2019 was 26th in the in the in the in the league. Um, I mean, uh, the the Chiefs. Whenever you take a look at their their DVOA here, the DVOA numbers, and again, this is last year. We're speaking a year removed here from from everything. The Chiefs' pass defense DVOA was actually pretty good, right? I mean, it was actually sixth in the league when it comes to that the run defense was where it seemed to be the big leak there 29th DVOA on the Chiefs run defense they did not do a whole lot in the offseason at all Brad when we're talking about kind of uh, trying to fill any holes uh, plug any leaks or anything like that when it comes to the defensive side of the ball especially even the run defense there wasn't really any big free agent signings there wasn't any big draft picks from the from that side of the ball either. So, I mean, are we, are you kind of looking at this chiefs team as we head into, into this game as, Hey, they're going to allow some points, but their offense is just better than everybody else. So they're just going to try to outscore everybody else. Um, yeah. I, I think that is pretty much what's going to happen. I, I'm pretty confident the Texans are going to move the ball. Um, so they, they, they return five offensive line starters from last year. The line's intact pretty much. And they were last year, they were the sixth best, pass blocking O-line in the NFL by uh, focus grades. So that, you know, continuity on the offensive line is key as well. So that they should be able to protect Watson. Um, and then, as we've just said, they've got all this speed who should have time to run downfield and they should be going up against backup corners who've not seen, like, any NFL action whatsoever. Um, so, I mean, it's, it looks like Brandon Cooks is questionable, but even so, Fuller and um, Kenny Steels, that's, that's a lot of speed, a lot of explosiveness. Um, and obviously the quarterback stirs the drink. Um, so, I mean, I like, I like Texans because obviously on the other side of that, we've got a, um, a Texas defense which just hasn't upgraded whatsoever. Um, and, you know, <laughs> we know what Mahomes can do. Um, and then you've got to throw in Andy Reid um, with extra time to prepare. He's, you know, he's got this record um, off the bye week where he's, 80% against the spread or whatever, and then there's this other stat floating around this week that they've um, covered for the first three weeks every week in the last three years. So, nine, nine games in a row in, in the first three weeks of the season. So, um, I think whoever goes up early, the other team's going to come roaring back, and uh, I think both teams are going to make each other score. We haven't even talked about the, the Chiefs linebackers and how bad they are in coverage either. And the Texans have now David Johnson, Duke Johnson, who can exploit that in the passing game too. So, I, yeah, I, I think there's going to be – I think the Texans are going to be able to, to move the ball and score points in this game. Well, then the, well then let's let's go straight then to the total here because I think this is like kind of a natural progression here to the total. We saw this thing, you know, like we said, open to 55. It did tick down a half a point here to 54 and a half you have a Houston Texans team that last year averaged about 24 points per game 23.9 you have a Chiefs team that averaged about 30 points a game 29 
0.9. Um, so we understand why we're looking at a high total here. We understand that we've got two, well, at least one definitely explosive offense in the Chiefs and a second here that you guys think are going to be able to move the ball. So, Brett, let's look at this total here at 54 and a half. How are you kind of feeling about this uh, about this total from a standpoint? If you think that they're going to move the ball, I, I I can only assume we haven't talked about the Chiefs' offense yet, but I can only assume you imagine the Chiefs are going to be able to move the ball here. So, uh, are there going to be enough touchdowns here to kind of push this thing over? Yeah, I think so. I think the only way this doesn't get over is if the Texans get out to an early lead and kind of sit on the ball, keep the, keep it out of Mahomes' hands. But that's what happened in the postseason game last year, and then the Chiefs just came roaring back down, what was it, 24 nothing, 21 nothing, or something? So, I mean, I just... Based on what I've already talked about with you know, the the lack of contact so far in, in, in drills and training, I think defenses are going to be behind the curve here, and I'm just expecting a lot of points from Mahomes and Watson. Especially if you just think about the athletes on the field, right? So if you're not used to live tackling and then suddenly Tyreek Hill and Mikel Hardman are coming at you yeah. or Kenny Steele's on the other side, like, you, if, if your angle is, you know, a, like a meter out, you're going to get, you're going to get burned. So uh, we, I reckon we could see quite a lot touchdowns as well. Yeah, that is that is kind of my lean here too, guys. Um, I actually do lean a little bit towards the over in this game for everything that you guys mentioned. I believe that there's going to be a little bit more offensive firepower for this Texans team than I think the public is giving them credit for. I understand that DeAndre Hopkins is one of the very best receivers in the league. I'm not taking that away from him. But what I am saying here is that whenever you you look at what they still have left, there are still a lot of guys that can play. I think Will Fuller has proven himself when he's been healthy on the field with Deshaun Watson. They have some sort of connection. I mean, those guys, it, the problem has just been getting them both on the field at the same time for an extended period of time. But, you know, as we get into game one, we at least have a healthy Will Fuller here in game one. Uh, I think that there's going to be some points scored here from the the Texan side, and we all believe there's going to be points here from the Chiefs side. They get out there first, real going at it here. As Brett mentioned, I like points, and even with a high total of 54 and a half, I do lean towards the over in that as well. Probably will end up finding myself on getting an, the, a bet in my account on the over there as well. Brett, uh, Brad, do you look at, um, do you look at this one as a play or is this more of kind of a lean towards the over for you? Um, I have bet this. Um, All right. And I would, I would say two things. A, probably the sooner the better, if you're going to, if you're going to join us on this one, yeah. because you would assume everyone in the country is going to be cheeks and over. Um, so uh, yeah, I would, I would back over now. And then the other thing is is conditioning. So you know, we, it, it might be sloppy first half because of the lack of training camp. Um, you know, obviously passing does require precision, and even though there's a, a lot of continuity, it could be sloppy. Um, but also listening to some former former players chat about the, the lack of training camp this this year, and they said even even the first couple of weeks of the season, anyway, they're gassed. Um, you know, you, you just can't replicate that with that full game intensity. And so the second half, they're going to be gassed. So if we've got two tired defenses, <laughs> as well as um, as well as all, all the other factors we mentioned, the second half can fly over. Yeah, I, I would I would definitely as well live in this one. Um, I will be I will be hawkeyeing this one live as well because even if these two offenses kind of stall on the first two drives or something like that, if I can get in, if I can get back in 
on the over on this one, uh, I'll be looking to do that as well. So just another thing to kind of keep an eye on is that total live in this one, because, you know, look, there might be a tiny bit of rust or something like that. Maybe the first, maybe the first series for each team kind of stalls out, but I think they're going to, to get things going for sure in all of this and for all the reasons you guys mentioned. So I'll be looking for that live as well. See if a number pops up that's even more beneficial to you that you can get back in on this thing. So let's head to the spread then. Um, again, opened at 10. We did see this thing hit eight and a half at DraftKings. It is now settled at nine at both DraftKings and BetMGM. Nine and a half at FanDuel. Brett, when you take a look at where we sit at nine, nine and a half, what is your feelings on this thing? I don't really have a strong lean here. Uh, I think I would, I would probably lean Texans just because I think they can go score for score with the offensive firepower they have, but the Chiefs are also capable of just running away from anybody. So I, I don't really have a strong lean here. I just think there's going to be a lot of points. Brad, I had, um, and I'll admit, I just wasn't, I was not quick enough to pull the trigger. Um, I, I had some interest in Houston at 10 at double digits, obviously so much increased equity whenever you get to that 10 number. Um, that didn't last long enough for me. I wasn't able to get it in the account. And so now sitting at nine, nine and a half over at FanDuel, um, I, I don't really have, I don't really have a position on on the nine or nine and a half. I'll be watching, I guess, pretty heavily at FanDuel since it is already sitting at nine and a half. If that thing does get back to double digits, I think I would like to have a play on the Texans at 10. But how do you sit when we're looking at nine, nine and a half right now? Yeah, well, I mean, we've got a nice template for this game in that they played, what was it, I don't know, six months ago. Um, and so that one closed nine and a half, Chiefs. And of course, they had a bye week and full home field advantage. Um, so, I mean, that, that's probably worth four points there. Um, and the number is now pretty much similar. So it, it's inflated by, by three and a half points or so um, in the six months um, in the middle there. And we, as we've discussed, not much has really changed on these teams. Um, you know, Chiefs a bit weaker in the secondary. Houston have lost a receiver. Um, JJ Watt is fully healthy, which he wasn't in that first game. So... I would lean Texans. If it got to 10, I probably would have a small play. Um, but yeah, at, at nine with, with Andy Reid having all this extra time to prepare, I, uh, it's a pass for me. Yeah, we're kind of in that dead zone right now between you know, yeah. eight, nine and a half. I just, yeah, I don't know. If it gets to 10, I, I, I would lean stronger for Texans too. So I, I, I'll admit, guys, I'm not uh, fully prepared for this because this was not listed last night. Actually, maybe it just got listed as we were as we were on the on the podcast here. But uh, BetMGM has now started to get their player props up over there. Um, so Patrick Mahomes, three and a half, three oh five and a half is his passing yard prop. Deshaun Watson, two seventy one and a half is his passing yard prop. Uh, we're looking down here at the rushing yards, which is kind of interesting here. And I guess it just depends on on how big a role you think these two backs are going to play in this game. David Johnson, 44 and a half, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 49 and a half, is the rushing yard prop for both of those running backs here. Again, I have not had time to uh, really break this down uh, quite yet, but uh, both of those numbers on those running backs seems a little low to me unless there has been uh, some talk out there that there was definitely going to be a, a huge split or something like that. But, uh, you know, off the cuff here, 
44 and a half and 49 and a half for both of those running backs seems a, a, a smidge low. I think they will move the ball on the ground as well. Just because a team has a high powered offense, Brett, does not necessarily mean that they're not going to be able to move the ball on the ground. I think Clyde could could have a, a great game here. I think I think uh, Johnson could actually move the ball on the ground as well. Yeah, Clyde, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to bet anything Clyde until we see what role he has. I would not be shocked to see some like a, quite a bit of Daryl Williams in week one, just because Reed being yeah. Reed, like we're not expecting it. So I, I, I would stay away from the Clyde props. I, I do think that the Texans are going to ride David Johnson. And we already talked about how bad the Chiefs were in, you know, defending the run last year. So. I like David Johnson overs. I, I really like if you can get David Johnson receiving overs, Duke Johnson receiving overs. I really think they're going to try to take advantage of that, that linebacking core for KC, uh, exploit them that way. So I, I, like, I do like the Texans running backs quite a bit in this game. Brad, I know these haven't been out very long and you haven't had a chance to to really break these down. But I mean, we talk about Mahomes at, at 305 and a half. You got Watson at 271 and a half. Um, from a quarterbacking perspective, I mean, I guess it's hard for me to say, do you think Mahomes is going to throw for, for 306 yards in the in this game, uh, game one, uh, you know, coming out of the gate here? But, I mean, look, we look at how many times this guy has hit that threshold in his short career already, and if we kind of believe that these defenses might be a step behind the offenses, um, you it is a very high number, but you kind of start to put things together here, and you say like, well, you know uh, – Pat might actually throw for 325 in this thing. Yeah. My, my, just looking at some initial projections, um, I, they, they're both those, well, I think the Mahomes number looks a little high. I, I, I would stay away from that one because you know, the concern is almost they could be too efficient. You know, they, like right. they could come out in the first half, score 20. Um, I mean, you remember the first game where obviously they were down 24 nothing and then scored four touchdowns in a row and the running backs had two yards and Mahomes had. 300 or something but even in that even in that game when they were down you know 24 nothing he said Mahomes only had 321 yards um so if they are efficient early and there's no way he's going to be throwing it that much um I I, I really like that David Johnson over um you know trying to I was just trying to work out some some sort of carry numbers earlier um and uh, you know I had around 16 carries for him because he does seem like he's going to be the lead back um and that was should be enough for that Chiefs D, that run defense to go well over 44 and a half. It, I was going to say, I mean, you're looking at three and a half yards of carry at that point at 16 carries to get him over the, the total there. <laughs> um, that might, guys. When we get off here, I might be, uh, I might yeah. be going ahead and smashing some buttons here uh, on, on on this one. Yeah, I mean, might be smashing some buttons on that one. But um, uh, those are just getting put up. Uh, so, guys, be sure and head over to to BetMGM if you want to start to get on some of those numbers. Not up quite yet at FanDuel and DraftKings, but I'm sure they will be up uh, here momentarily as far as the actual player prop numbers here. But uh, to kind of recap, we are all three on the over in this game. Think there's going to be some points scored here. Think that these guys are going to be able to move the ball up and down the field. No play on the spread as it sits right now. Brad and I both are going to be looking for that 10 to pop up. If that 10 pops up, I think you're going to get a play from me on the Texans as well. Brad, if, uh, if a 10 were to show its face, would that be something then you would be interested in? Or are you just going to kind of sit back and uh, hope for points in this one, not really worry about the spread? Yeah, my my bet is the is the over in this one. I mm-hmm. even at ten, I just don't see that ending up my account. 
Good deal. Good deal. But um, it is, uh, guys, it is really good to talk some football here. It is really good to break down a game. And we will be back on Friday to run down the full schedule here. Now, just to give you a bit of a peek behind the curtain as to how we're going to go about this. If a game is not of interest to all three of us, we will kind of give our thoughts on that as to why we're not interested in the game. And we're going to move on because what we want to do is really give you the insight in why we're interested in certain games as opposed to talk to you for five minutes about a game and then go, oh, and by the way, we don't have a bet on it. Pass. I mean, that, that's we've wasted five minutes of your time and we want to make sure that we're giving you insights on games that we are actually interested in, bets that are actually going to end up in our accounts. And so that's what you can be looking forward to on Fridays here. All three of us are in the Circa Millions contest as well. So we will kind of give you some insight into the picks that we are going to be making into that contest too so you can kind of play along and sweat along with us as that moves on throughout the course of the season as well and hopefully there actually will be a sweat for one of us as we head down the stretch here and someone will have a sweat going on for seven figures in that contest so uh, it'll be a fun NFL season we're really glad to have Brad with us here and uh, Brett we're going to continue on here with everything over at the lines uh, you know powering through these uh, again we a lot of work gone in over there, a lot of money spent, a lot of time spent on your end with everything. And look, we have a nice little we have a nice little odds comparison tool now. If you're playing at multiple books in these various sites, it is infinitely valuable to you to make sure that you're getting the best odds, the best lines, the best totals that are out there. And you can find that very, very easily over on the lines now, which we did not have last year. So if you went to the site last year, just uh, what can we do? We can just ask them to come back at least one more time because we have some more stuff that's that's happened. Yeah, we do. We had the well, yeah, all the odds comparisons tools we've added, futures, props. Definitely, if you like betting props, check out our our props shop. Um, you'll be able to find passing props, receiving props, rushing props every single week, and all you have to do is just search for a player, and it'll pop it'll populate with that player's name and compare all of his prices across our our partner uh, our partnering sports books. So. Really cool, uh, really cool tool to help you with your prop shopping experience all season long. And yeah, I mean, just a, a lot of stuff. Uh, we also added a parlay calculator that you can take a look at, uh, compare the payouts for a parlay you like at the, the different books. So a lot of, a lot of different uh, things that we've added for football season this year on top of obviously adding Brad to the podcast, which we're excited about. At the Lines US, at PlayPix US to follow the main accounts, at Brett Colson, at Brad Allen NFL, and at Matt Brown M2 if you guys want to follow us. Again, thanks to Derek Stevens for joining us here. Looking forward to Circa getting launched down there and taking in some games at the world's largest sports book. And then also getting a cabana at the pool, man, and watching some uh, games at the pool as well. Looking forward to, to, to doing that. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, where you can find us. Please go in, subscribe rate and review for brad for brett i'm matt talk to you guys next week or friday